This is the Introvert's Bubble with Anang of Courageous Creativity, telling introvert stories, pushing ourselves to have more adventures and misadventures and to grow. Living life how we need it. As always, rating the podcast on any of the apps you listen to is always appreciated. Hey guys, today I got a good interview for you. I have Leah of Good Girls Talk About Sex Podcast. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> All right. And so what made you think about doing this podcast and how does this kind of relate to you being an introvert? Yeah. So I spent most of my life being terrified of sex, <laughs> um, which, you know, had a lot to do with being an introvert and the way that I just, I didn't really know how to interact with people, especially with people who I was interested in, you know, like I was perfectly comfortable interacting one-on-one with my best friends, but the idea of approaching somebody, first of all, the idea of going into a bar is just a total no-go for me. Yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. That. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's just too overwhelming. Um, but even if I was in a situation that was less intense than a bar, I had no idea how to approach someone who I was interested in. Um, And I thought that because I was sort of shy and held back, you know, I've always been the person sort of on the sidelines of the room, just watching what's going on, um, that that meant that nobody would be interested in me because it seemed like people were always most drawn to the social butterflies. And, um, and that was just not only not me, but not ever going to be me because that was not, not something that I wanted to cultivate. It would take too much work. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember talking to my friends and we were so clueless because we were, we had no one really talked about it. I was lucky that my mom was pretty open about it because she was a nurse. So it was kind of just like, here are the basic stuff. Don't get pregnant kind of stuff. But it was like, (laughs) Me and my friends were kind of like talking about books. And then once we got dating and actually getting into having sex and stuff, we're like, wow, this stuff is so awful for our, as an education. (laughs) Oh my God, it's terrible. What they call sex education that we have in schools is basically disease education. It's not about how to actually have a relationship or how to find a person who you might be compatible with and actually develop a relationship that is not only between consenting um, people, but also that's um, really warm and comfortable and loving and fulfilling. Like none of that gets talked about. No. And so it's this big, dark hole of, oh, my God, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. The idea of consent never came up until I, I talked to a friend in like college about like BDSM and she was kind of like, why didn't you have consent with this guy? I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Actually the BDSM community is really, they are the people who are teaching the rest of us about how to do consent and it's not perfect and it probably never will be perfect because we are humans and we mess things up. But, um, In BDSM, and for people who aren't familiar with that term, that's a sort of blanket term for people who are into various aspects of bondage, 
um, and discipline, domination and submission, and sadism and masochism. In order to participate in any of those activities, you have to be able to communicate and negotiate and set your limits and say, this is an absolute red line that I will not cross. And you have to absolutely trust that your partner is listening to you, understanding you, and willing to respect those boundaries. And if those things aren't in place, then you absolutely don't play with them. Um, And so those of us who are not active members of the BDSM community are starting to look at how they do consent and negotiation and learn from it. And that has become really the focus of what I'm doing in the world is that level of communication between partners. And part of what I think is so great about introverts is that many of us, like the flip side of not wanting to talk to a lot of people is that we want to talk to one person or a few people very deeply and we tend to be really great communicators. And so those lessons of negotiation and communication are perfectly um, set for introverts. Yes. It, it, it became very strange, especially with my group of friends. I was the last to start dating and last to start having sex. But I was always the one people asked, like, is this normal? Should I do this? <laughs> what about? I'm kind of like, why are you asking me this? You know, I have the least amount of in, like information for it all. But like... <laughs> I was always that person too. People always came to me with their problems and I was like, I'm not dating yet. I have no idea, but I'll tell you what I think anyway. <laughs> yes. Like at least in the sense of like, this is how partnerships supposed to work. You're supposed to both enjoy what's going on. Like that's the one thing I definitely knew early on that we're both supposed to enjoy this. It's not The women are not supposed to have be hurt the very first time. We're not supposed to be quiet and meek. And stuff like that. So it was kind of just, it was nice to know. And strangely enough, my, my mom knew I was reading books that had sex in them only because my aunt gave them to me. And she she knew my aunt gave them to me. And these are some, some of these books were like way past when you first start reading sex. Like I got like skipped several sections of other like normal kind of sex. And it went straight yeah. into like, oh, we're polyamorous. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so important for there to be good um, sources of education, because whether we want kids to be exploring or not, they are. (laughs) And so it's so important to give them tools at whatever at whatever level they're able to hear them. And, you know, this whole thing about um Am I able to talk to my partner? Am I able to ask my partner for what they want, for what I want? I never thought that I was allowed to do that uh, because, well, I grew up in a home where I was told by my father that I was fat and ugly and no one would ever love me. So I grew up believing that I could only get the bottom of the barrel people. Like I got involved in a whole series of abusive relationships because I thought that was all that I deserved and all that I could get. And um, I thought that my part in that relationship was simply to be 
a person who the other person interacted with. Like I was just an object. I wasn't someone who had any say in whether the, the communication was good, whether the sexual interaction was good, whether I had any pleasure. I was supposed to just accept what I was given and be grateful for it. It's only now that I've gotten into my 40s and I've done this really deep dive into sexuality, into my sexuality in particular, and, um, and discovered that, oh my God, that's not the case at all. And in fact, that belief that I had that nobody would be interested in me because I was sort of on the sidelines and, and the quiet one, it turns out that that is not the case at all. That I have plenty of, in, the, the more comfortable I become with my communication and my willingness to really show up and say, here's what I want and here's what I need, I am amazed at how that translates into more people noticing me, even though I'm still the quiet person on the side of the room. Yes, that's a very strange thing, too, is that I... I did remember because I had slightly different. I wasn't like the fat, ugly one. It, like what people said, I was just the, I was the mean, bitchy one. I was the opinionated <laughs> one. So it was like, I was lucky that someone would look at me. Like th- that's what that's what a lot of people were telling me. Like you're lucky you have friends. There's so, these people are so such nice people to be nice to you. It's like oh what? Aww. And luckily, I didn't. I never had that problem. I the first person I started dating is the, the guy I married. So he was like way better than I ever thought I was ever gonna get. Aww, I didn't. I didn't start dating until I was twenty two, twenty three. Mm-hmm. And I luckily I I'm kind of I'm glad I waited that long because I had so much learning to do. I did so much so I knew what I deserved in life. And so when I got into relationship, I only had to worry about how to be in the relationship instead of also working on myself at the same time. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a really big deal. I didn't have my first uh, serious boyfriend. I didn't have sex for the first time until I was 25. Um, But I had not, I wasn't strong enough at that point to have done the really intense work. So I was dealing with all of those things that you're talking about all at the same time. Like, how do I be in this relationship? And how do I also be an adult? And how do I be a woman? And how do I, you know, like... I think it's so great when people are able to start answering some of those questions younger. Yeah, no, it's very strange. I have a really close friend who was complete opposite of me. Like, she started having sex very, very young. And I, we both knew mostly because she didn't quite believe she deserved better. That, like, that's what guys want. That's what she gives. It's how she's going to get love kind of thing. Mm. And it took her a while to stop being so... Easy is not like word as in like she's an easy person and she's bad about it, but, but giving away what she has so easily when she deserves so much better. Mm. But honestly, she kind of, us talking together made it so much easier to be okay with where we were. Like I was like, if you enjoy sex and you just want to do it, just be safe. I don't care. I never judged her and she never judged me for not dating. I had so many other people kind of like, you don't, you're not really fun unless you date and kind of like, I ain't dating you. Why, why do you care? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We tend to get involved in a whole lot of other people's business that we have no business in. <laughs> yeah. And they try to get us into like, why, why don't, why does what I'm doing have, have anything to do with you? Like we ain't double dating. Like your yeah. guy isn't going to like, oh, I actually have, I used to have a friend that actually never wanted to introduce me to her boyfriends because she thought I was going to steal them. 
I was like, oh. I don't, I don't like most men in the first place. Why am I after <laughs> yours? But it's, it was definitely a, it was easy to talk about it. But of course, we kind of as teenagers and early twenties, we still had that kind of romantic idea of like how things were going to be. And I felt, I felt kind of bad that I was like the. We kept thinking, like, the guys should have a better idea what's going on than we do. And it's like, that's not really fair to them. They mm. should, we should all know at least some of the basics. And I'm kind of like, am I supposed to make noise? Yeah. Like, yeah. am I breathing and, too hard? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, that's part of what I want to be doing with this podcast that, that I've just started, Good Girls Talk About Sex, which is answering some of those questions for people and actually asking each of the people on the podcast, like, do you make noise during sex? And do you enjoy this? Do you have hair down there or do you not? Because I think we have all these ideas about how things are supposed to be, how everybody else in the world knows the rules except me. <laughs> and Aww. it's so not true. And what I love is that there's such a wide variety of answers so that people can really hear that, oh, no matter what choices I'm making, they're okay. And it does get nicer as you get older, is that it's easier to talk about more things. People care less and less. Like, before, yeah. I would only have one or two friends that'd be okay with, like, anything. I'm kind of like, hmm, is that smell okay? Everyone's like, eat don't talk about that. I'm like, no, I need to know. Do I need to go to the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, now we're all kind of like, yeah, that's okay. No, that's not fine. Oh, that's a good color for that. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Like, maybe yeah. your nipples shouldn't do that. I'm like, oh, okay, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I, I want to go back to something you just said about um, communication, that I think it's really important for us to start, when we have this idea that the man is supposed to take control, that he's supposed to know better, he's supposed to um, be sort of the driver of the experience, which is a very culturally potent idea. What that does is that that keeps us out of sort of ownership of our own pleasure experience. It doesn't mean like definitely if if I am somebody who is a little bit more submissive or let me say this this way. I am somebody who enjoys being a little bit more submissive. You know, I'm sort of a take charge person during the rest of the day. But when it comes to the bedroom, I enjoy letting my partner take charge and, you know, sort of drive the experience. But that can only come after us having had a lot of conversation about what I'm okay with, what my boundaries are, so that he is really clear on what are okay things to do and what's going to, to trigger me or to cross my boundaries or any of those things. And again, that's where I think um, our ability as introverts to have these really deep conversations is a huge bonus point in our favor when it comes to having good sexual communication and, and therefore better and more enjoyable sexual interaction with our partners. Yeah. I mean, do you have kind of like one or two things that you think an introverts can work on in these kind of relationships? Well, I, I think that um, what's important is the conversation. Um, and so to really think about 
what is it that I desire? This is a conversation that most of us, and this is across the gender spectrum, most people don't spend a lot of time thinking about what do I really desire? And so um, we just go sort of based on the cultural expectations. I am supposed to enjoy this kind of sex. I am supposed to shave all my hair. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. And we don't give a second thought to whether that's something that actually works for us. I remember the first time I was in a room, I, I went to this education um, class that was all about how to communicate about sex. And the leader asked us to um, turn to somebody and share what our turn-ons were, what our sexual turn-ons were. And I literally started crying so hard that I couldn't speak because I didn't know. And I didn't know that I was allowed to know. So introvert or not, (laughs) but this is especially true for introverts um, because we are good communicators and we are deep thinkers, is to really spend some time thinking about what do I desire most and how can I share that with my current partner or with a prospective partner in a way that leaves me feeling empowered and also like it's okay for me to get to ask for and get what I want. Yeah, definitely. Even though I I took a little more time to get into the relationship and everything else, I really did not know what I wanted or even what felt good in any sense of the word. Like, I was like, oh, well, these books said this is kind of like women like to be touched here and men like to be touched there. I'm kind of like, you know what? Each person's going to be different. Like, some guys really don't like having their shoulders touch or this guy is like, I don't want you to hold my hand. (laughs) It's a very different thing. Even just the smallest things of kind of like, I don't like having my feet touched or mm-hmm. I prefer to have my hair up. So it's out of my way. And other people like having their hair like all messy. It's so, like even just the littlest things you just, I never knew. I never thought to even allow myself to think through those little bits of things that could make even just things less awkward. That's yeah. been my biggest thing is I make things awkward a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, Um, Like, if you look at a magazine like Cosmo, and their cover, uh, one of their headlines is, you know, a new sex move that will make your guy crazy. Well, that assumes that every man has the same (laughs) turn-ons, the same pleasure centers, the same, you know, like, that just assumes that everybody's the same, which is absurd. It is so ridiculous. So, like you were saying, some people like they're having their shoulders touched. Some don't. Some men enjoy having their nipples tweaked. Some don't. Um, just like women, a lot of women have a lot of um, pleasure sensation in their breasts. I don't. For a long time, I thought that meant that there was something wrong with me, that I was broken in some way. Turns out, I am one of many women who just don't have the same pleasure receptors in our breasts that a lot of other women do. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But assuming that every person, every partner is going to respond in exactly the same way is 
kind of ridiculous. It's like assuming that every person in the world is an extrovert when we know for sure that that is not true. Yeah. And I, I hated reading those magazines and it wasn't until I got out of college. I was kind of like, now I know why I hate these because these are just so blanketed and so untrue with all the things that were supposed to be important to girls and women. Like it has like things are like how to be confident, but, but how not to make the guy feel like less of a man. I'm like, how are these like not contradicting each other? And why are you talking about both of these things? And yeah, it's, I mean, there are just so many cultural assumptions that we all have to like take a breath and be like, is this actually true? Like, does this actually work for me? And if not, I mean, if it does, great. I'm not saying it shouldn't. But if it doesn't, what does work for me? And and how can I be more true to what I need so that I'm having the most pleasure, the most connection, the most fulfillment that's available to me? Because ultimately, that's what sex is about, I mean, maybe it's not what sex is about if you are looking purely for a physical experience of a one night stand. And and that's, you know, absolutely fine. Um, But if we're talking about more connected sex, what we're looking for is pleasure and fulfillment and connection. So why not spend a little bit of time thinking about what will get those for you and then talk with our partner about it. Yeah, I, I definitely, I feel like there's, of course, there, there's that, that's, that pressure that we're supposed to have it so quickly when we start getting relationships. Like, there's that first, that thing, like, well, you can't sleep with a guy until, like, the sixth date. Or I, have, I have no <laughs> idea. I never listen to those things. But also, it's kind of like, well, if you wait too long, then now you're just being rude and mean to him. It's like, no, like, the, it needs to be enough of a conversation to know that you two are compatible enough, as well as you're going to actually enjoy each other. Like I, I, the idea for me, like I could never do a one night stand also because I am really, really slow to warming up to anybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The idea of like having just someone I just met, like even coming close to touching me, I'm kind of like, you need to be like two feet away at minimum. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's just a very, everything contradicts each other. And so I feel like, yeah, everyone needs to just have time to just talk to each other about it all. We're not all talking like we got to hold hands and be really deep about it. Like sometimes you kind of like, hey, yeah, this is like a hard no for me. And this is kind of a soft no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I think that, well, for instance, there's a woman on the podcast. Um, her name is Liz. Each of the episodes is just done by the name of the person I'm interviewing. And she talks about how her very first boyfriend was in college and she had been very, and, and I should add that she is an introvert. Um, she had not dated much in high school because she didn't like how gossipy all the other girls were. And because they were gossiping about sex and about their relationships, she thought, she conflated in her head that sex and gossip automatically went together and she was not comfortable with that. So she didn't have her first serious relationship until college, at which point she says, we went really, really slow. We had lots of those nights where we just sat up all night talking before we ever kissed. 
And then once we started kissing, there was a lot of conversation about what we wanted and how we wanted to go about it and what we were okay with before we started doing anything more in terms of like more serious fooling around. And then, excuse me, and then more of that before they had sex. And I think that any of those books that tell you, oh, you know, you need to wait X number of dates in order to keep his interest and play the games and blah, 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 are not, again, are not accounting for just the differences in how humans behave. And what you what you really want is to connect with the person who you're with and find that space where the two of you fully connect. And once you've got that, then you have the basis for a sexual, a sexually companionate experience. Um, but if you're not truly connected, whether that takes two dates or 24 dates, is it really going to be as fulfilling as you want it to be? Yeah, definitely. Especially the one thing, the one point is like, this is not a game. Like people need mm. to stop. Like especially with a game, that means you're you, you two are on opposite sides, and that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be partners in this, doing this all together. Each person getting what they want and need, and everything else. In a game, someone always loses, and that's not exactly useful or helpful or great for any relationship or even just any sex. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. Okay, well, that was actually pretty helpful for me. And I'm really, really nice to hear that just because I'm an introvert doesn't mean I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God. <laughs> yes. Every once in a while, I kind of wonder about that. Other times, like, no, I don't care. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. That was definitely helpful. I'll definitely be checking out your podcast. Awesome. Well, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for the links to the blog and my Patreon, where you can get more info, check out products. Hit me up on Instagram at the Introverts Bubble or Courageous Creativity. 